How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family, welcome back. Did you know you have 12 superpowers lying dormant within you, just waiting for you to unlock them? Maybe you felt them below the surface of your mind, telling you there's more to life. Maybe you've gotten stuck or hit a ceiling and you don't know how to level up from where you are. Maybe you're tired of not living out your purpose or you're not 100% sure right now what that even is. Today's podcast, we have the author of The Richest Man in Direct Sales, Jamil Frazier. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Jamil Frazier. He's a motivational speaker, best-selling author, certified health coach, personal development coach, and founder and CEO of Think Life is Different. Today, his coaching network has served over 50,000 clients and is still growing, but his impact didn't always look this way. In April 2012, he hit a pivotal moment where everything was out of balance. He was physically unhealthy, financially broken, relationally poor, and mentally afraid. Simply put, Jamil was a mess. However, after deciding to build holistic health, he found traction and a path to true wealth. Now he dedicates his life to guide individuals and organizations to achieve financial independence, healthy minds and bodies, and thriving relationships. And today on the Catapulting Commission Show, we are welcoming back for the second time the author of the new book, The 12 Ships, Your Superpowers for Creating an Incredible Life, Jamil Frazier. Jamil, welcome back to the Catapulting Commission Show. What's up, brother? That was so good, man. Hey, man, <laughs> I've been working on it. I know, you know, fun fact, audience, Jamil was guest number two or one, guest number one or two on the Catapulting Commission's podcast. You can go back and listen to the episode uh, that, you know, in the early infancy of the show. So, yes. Thanks, Jamil. I appreciate that. Yeah, that I literally felt like I was like, I better say something worth listening to, man. The way that the, that was good. I thought you were talking about somebody else for a second. <laughs> you're like, hey, who's this guest you're talking about? Is there a third person we're interviewing today? <laughs> yeah, I would I would have listened to that guy. He sounds pretty unique. That's funny, man. Well, brother, let's jump into this, man. So, fun fact: you build a phenomenal coaching network. You created Think Life is Different, Catapulting Commission's family. If you're trying to hear or listen to anything about Jamil, go back and listen to the episode. We'll click a link in the show notes for the first episode with Jamil, where we talked about his richest man in direct sales. We talked about his growth and how he's built and, and how that applies to catapulting commissions. Now, we're bringing Jamil back because Jamil wasn't content with launching one book in 2020. He's launching his second book. And this 12 shifts, your superpowers. Tell me, Jamil, what's the premise behind the 12 shifts? Why would somebody want to pick up the 12 shifts? What are our superpowers? How does that apply to the Catapulting Commission's family, which is mostly sales or sales entrepreneurs? Yeah, everything about the 12 shifts would apply to the Catapulting Commission's um, audience. The book is a love letter to myself. Um, The book is a love letter to my 31-year-old self, Anthony, who has seemingly done everything right. You know, I grew up an athlete, as you knew. I uh, received a partial football scholarship, went to a great university, graduated, got into pharmaceutical sales for Johnson & Johnson, went into medical equipment sales, went into medical consulting, and uh, married a beautiful 
girl, I think most people would find my wife's beauty and see it right away. But once they got to know her, they wouldn't want to leave her presence because of all that she is. Um, Had an amazing uh, son um, early on in our marriage. And on the outside, everything looked like it was perfect. Um, Even my Instagram stories would have led you to believe that everything was top-notch. And yet it wasn't. I was frustrated. I was broken. I was um, broken physically, relationally, spiritually, uh, financially. Um, And I wanted to uh, be happy. I wanted to find fulfillment. I wanted to be what I call free. And on the journey for the last about seven or eight years, I started having these shifts. And these shifts would sometimes take a long time to hit. Sometimes they would come in tidal waves, but basically it would go from one way of thinking and believing things to be true, which had led me to the first 31 years of my life, to having these climactic shifts to where I realized, oh my gosh, that's not true. And that's not the way to fulfillment. That's not the way to um, financial well-being. That's not the way to uh, having a fulfillment in our relationships. And I outlined the 12 biggest shifts that helped me from going from being basically extremely frustrated and unfulfilled to now, just eight years later, extremely fulfilled and uh, really in touch with my purpose and my mission. You know, Jamil, I think so many people realize they need to make a shift. They just don't know how. Because as you're describing that, you know, this is a love letter you said to yourself, 31 years young hey, here's the shifts you need to make. Here's the shifts you need to change. And majority of my audience, I would argue and I would speak for them here, are a group of people who enjoy success, have a decent income, but haven't found that breakthrough. Or if they have, they sometimes put a ceiling on themselves. And I know you and I know each other personally because we talk about growing wealth and growing income. And sometimes I myself find myself, you know what, who am I to build a nine-figure business, right? You know, your numbers start getting bigger and, you, and the doubt starts getting there. So there's always shifts to make. How does someone start that process to make that shift to go from 31-year-old Jamil to who you are today or 31-year-old Andy to 35-year-old Andy or whatever the situation may be? Yeah, um, so that's uncovered in shift number one. So they don't have to read too far in the book, Anthony, to really get that answer. They could probably read shift number one, close the book, and go live an incredible life. Shift number one is called You Have Superpowers. And um, as I started, obviously, in, in the, the first time you brought me on, I, I spoke a lot about how we built uh, multiple of our businesses And as I was doing that, you know, going from basically having, you know, no revenue to um, building the first business to where it's doing, you know, $3.5 million a month, um, there's all of these things that come with that. And so one of the big things that came with that was I realized that I had this superpower and the superpower was what set me apart from every other living creature on earth. Um, It set me apart from the lion out in the Serengeti. It set me apart from the eagle that soars in the sky. Um, It set me apart from every other species that was out there. And that was my ability to have consciousness, my ability to use my mind. And I started realizing that 
uh, most of what I was doing wasn't really my thoughts. And so in shift number one, I talk about this beautiful story of what I call the uh, Golden Buddha. And the Burmese, hundreds of years ago, were being attacked, or the Thai were being attacked by the Burmese army. And their their most precious um, shrine was this golden Buddha. And so as they knew they were being attacked, what they did is they hid the shrine. They put uh, dirt on it, muck, mire, clay. And they threw all of this clay over this golden statue. And the statue weighs a couple hundred pounds. So just picture 200 pounds of solid gold. And you know you're about to be invaded. And because it means so much to you, um, you cover it with all of this dirt. And so they were surely overrun. They were over uh, overtaken. They were all slaughtered. And it wasn't until about two years later, as they were excavating this area, uh, did they find this statue. And they started to realize as they start chiseling and chipping at all this clay and this dirt for 200 years to find that it was made of solid gold. And so that's what I realized along my journey. And it started me thinking, whose thoughts am I actually thinking? And what I started to realize that just like that statue, I was covered in people's clay. So when you talk about how do you sort of go to the next level, you have to understand that generally you're at this level right now. Um, because you have these stigmas, you have these stigmatas. You can only think a certain way, and generally those thoughts are given to you. And those thoughts are generally given to you by your parent or your boss or uh, Andy in the fourth grade that told you that you wouldn't amount to anything and you would never be successful. Or uh, it was a TV show that you may have saw that told you, Anthony, that earning $200,000 a year was good and subconsciously for 37 years. That's what you've been striving for, even though you could easily earn $2 million a year if you wanted to. So I thought it was important to help people uncover that they have this dominant, powerful force within them called their mind. And the biggest problem is most people don't know how to control their mind. Most people are controlled by their mind. And so I wanted to outline that the first most important superpower to start to make these shifts is to understand consciousness, is to understand how to think about the things that you're thinking about, how to understand metacognition, how to understand how to be the observer of yourself. And once we start to do that, then we know no limits. And for your audience, for amazing sales professionals, for people that have this desire, this hunger, this lust to provide more value to the marketplace, what generally will halt them is not the enemy that's outside of them, which might be the marketplace or the coronavirus or a boss or a spouse or whoever it might be, is generally the enemy that's inside of them, that thing that takes up space in between their ears. So I wanted them to make that shift to realizing at any point in time, based off of the way that they choose to think, and it is a choice, but most people aren't even aware of the way that they're thinking. I wanted them to see that they, uh, just like Batman or Superman or any other the superheroes that are out there, at any point in time, they can use that first superpower to have extreme success and extreme fulfillment. 
There's so much you deliver there, Jamil. I mean, your shift one, the mental shift change. And you talk about looking at yourself from like an outer presence, right? So I'm, I'm going to step out. I'm going to look at myself. and I'm going to observe myself is the phrase you use. Does our historical background shape how we view ourselves for positive or for negative? And I ask this because, I, you know, I follow Jamil on social media. And if you don't, you definitely should do so. I have seen you mentioned and you've shared your home in the San Gabriel Valley, you've shown your humble beginnings and you talk about, you know, here's where it started. But there's some people, I would say the majority of people who have some belief about themselves because their background says, here's where you're supposed to live. Here's what's supposed to happen for you. So how do you, I mean, I get that we have a superpower and, and it sounds great, but there's somebody listening right now about, Jamil, I'm not that strong. You know, I grew up poor. I grew up impoverished. I don't have these opportunities. My territory is horrible. I don't have that skill set. What was the deciding factor for you to realize you had a superpower? And if somebody's working with you, how do you say, okay, you have a superpower? That's the first mental shift we need to make. What is it that you're teaching them to pull for? What does someone pull for? Like, Because I hear it, but I'm also like, man, I know my background. And I know that there's people that are like, ah, dude, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, so I think it's important to realize that we're even having those thoughts. See, and what I found is most of the time is, and this is what I was just explaining, is we all have those confirmation biases. Um, We all have that reticular activating system that I believe that because I came from this neighborhood, this is sort of the destiny for me. And we will now start to attract that, by the way, because that's our primary belief system. So what I'm saying is, is get to a point to where you now start to become bigger than your own thoughts. You become the observer of your thoughts. And one of the ways that I help people do this is I always help them become um, intimate with the things that they want to create. See, most people are in a reactive state. And so now I try to take them to a place to where they're constantly creating what they actually want for their lives or their business or their sales careers or their marriages or their parenting. It doesn't matter. But you have to figure out really clearly what do you want? What is that outcome that is really, really driving you? What would be amazing for you 12 months from now? How would you like to show up on basically June 17, 2021? How would you like that day to be? And so that's the first thing is we need to know where we're going. Now, as we start working with ourselves, um, one of the things that's going to pop up is now you're going to be out there, let's just say, making sales calls. And you're going to say, you know what, I'm from a poor neighborhood. You know, like these guys aren't going to want to listen to me or I can't do it the way Ant does. Ant has all of the opportunities. You know, he's got the good grace of our boss. He's had a dad who was in the house. Whatever those things would be, we all do this. And so what I'm saying is, okay, now we get to a place to where we say, hmm, let me take a step back. And we say, wow, we catch it. Wow, that really just pop in there? Like, did I really think because it's raining outside, there's a typhoon that nobody would be in office today or I can't make any sales calls or nobody would want my product or service. Did that really just run through? So first is the awareness, we call it the consciousness. The second thing is now you start to question that. Huh, is that even true? Like, do I even know that to be true? Or did I just create that? 
based off of historical ways of thinking. I like the awareness and then questioning it. I think that that alone has an impact for salespeople all the time because it was one to be aware, but when you start questioning your own biases and you use the phrase uh, confirmation biases, and I believe that that impacts more people than they like to admit and acknowledge. And I like how you said you're going to acknowledge it. You're going to, you know, accept it. It's a reality. We all have, a, but to question it. And as you're saying that I'm thinking about myself and my own business, there are so many times where I'm questioning is the catapulting commissions brand going in the right way? I mean, there's times <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, man, I haven't hit this business goal. I haven't hit this metric and downloads and maybe no one's listening, right? It just gets, so then I'm like, did I really just tell myself that? That's right. There it is. It's hundred percent. And as you're saying that shift, you know, I, I tell myself, you know, I'm in this sink or swim mentality, right? I mean, if, if I'm going to question myself, I might as well quit. And quitting isn't in my vocabulary. So I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to learn how to swim. That's a dumb thought keep going, keep delivering that mission. So I like how you say that the shift one, you have superpowers. So right. without going too much in the book, right, we, we have you here for a little bit longer. What are a couple other shifts that people have to make to live this invincible life that we're discussing in this book? Mm -hmm. One of my favorites that I talk about sort of early on in the book is called um, Do Your Own Damn Push-Ups. And I'm sorry, you say do your own damn push-ups? That's right. All right. I'm going to get started. Jamil told me to do my <laughs> own tam push-ups. <laughs> I'm going to get them, buddy. <laughs> and uh, basically, all this is saying is learn to take 100% responsibility for the things that happen to you. I like that. It's a creative accountability. You are responsible for everything that's going on in your life, positive or negative. For everything that happens to you. That's right. Do you find that your clients or people that work with you, when you go over this shift of do your own damn push-ups or you're responsible for yourself, how often do you find people positioning blame in other directions? Is that a common theme or is people don't realize it? And if you do find it, do people realize they're doing it or are they kind of like a hidden, like, I don't, I'm not doing that? I would say 98% of the time. Okay. But you almost have to. Um, you're a human being. So you have to understand how our minds work. And so say, for example, uh, let's just say that right now, for example, we have a lot of sales professionals, a lot of small businesses that were just jacked up because of Corona, right? And all the things that came. And so if I was to work with, let's just say a small business owner, which we have been, um, one of the things they would say is, you know what, Jamil, I'm in this really jacked up place right now because the government shut down everything. The virus came through and literally did not allow me to have the revenue that I wanted. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That quick. Now, and so we have to do that because if I say to myself every single day, if I'm freaking overweight. If I'm battling divorce, if I'm broke, if I'm an absentee father, if I'm not running the business that I want, if I'm not meeting my sales metrics that I want, our brains are designed to keep us safe, right? To not let us hurt too much, to not let us suffer. And so if I walk around every day and I say, all these things are happening to me because of me, then that's going to create something which we call cognitive dissonance. And I'm going to walk around feeling really crappy about myself. And we don't like feeling crappy about ourselves. So it's so much easier to say it's Ant's fault, or it's the economy's fault, or it's coronavirus's fault, or it's my wife's fault, or it's the weather's fault, 
or it's the doctor's fault, right? I was in pharmaceutical sales. It's the staff's fault. They just, they don't like black guys, right? And so it's a human sort of trait that we've developed. So what I'm saying is get to a point to where you don't do that anymore. I always ask people, are you open to graduating? Because when we start thinking like that, what we're doing is we're sitting in those preschool chairs. You know, when you go and for anybody that has kids and you take your kids to preschool or first grade and they got those little tiny chairs. Yes, sir. I ask people, are you ready to graduate from those preschool chairs to like the high school chairs, at least high school? And the graduation process is don't ever do that again. Don't ever give your power away by saying it's somebody else's fault. Always keep your own power and say, this is my fault. And then once you start to do that, now you'll start learning lessons. And it's all about the lessons. This whole thing is about what is the world? What is God? What is the universe trying to teach you so that you become more? So that you give more, you serve more, you honor more, you impact more, you bring more value, you become more. This whole thing is about the becoming. And when we start to give our power away by saying it's somebody else's fault, we literally relinquish the thing that we are supposed to be learning, which is how do I become more? It's all about the lessons. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, catapulting commissions. Now let's get back to our show. In doing your own damn push-ups and learning these lessons, there's so much value in, in catapulting commissions. We we've talked about this before family that you learn more when you fail. Bottom line, when I go after a goal, whatever the goal is, if it's a sales goal, a income goal, a health goal, and I fail, I always learn more. But I like what you're saying there, Jamil, because it wasn't always that way. I only learn more once I've accepted, Yes. hey, this is my fault. It's not. There it is. It's my fault. There it is. Yes. That's what happens is it's not as simple. It's not like I fall down, I scrape my knees and, oh my gosh, I just grew and became more. No, not until you accept that I fell down and scraped my knee because of something that I did or I didn't do. You have to be willing and that's why I was miserable, because I was not willing and open. I had a PhD in blame. <laughs> if you walked in my house, I would have a big plaque and say, Jamil has his doctoral degree in blame. I would blame everyone and anyone. I would blame you. Right? I didn't even have to know you. And I was lacking success and fulfillment probably because of you. And not until you're open. Not until you operate from a state of curiosity and you say, I'm, I'm, I'm actually seeking these lessons. Now that's where you will start to grow. That is such a powerful shift for someone to make to accept blame. It is 100% 
our responsibility. You get that in the 12 shifts. I dig that, Jamil. Can I pull a few more shifts out of you here? We got about 10 minutes left here in, in airtime. I'd love to get one or two more shifts that come from the book that are going to apply to my audience. Um, another one is uh, what I call growth equals pain. Um, and so I think most people have the desire to grow. And I tell all these different stories um, in this chapter of historical figures. But I, I think it's safe to say that, Aunt, you want to be better. Yes. I want to be better. There's more I want to do with my life. My mom grew up on welfare. She would tell you I've been doing these series of interviews with her, getting ready for my third book for the past two months. And she would tell you, even though she was down and out, drug addict, alcoholic, on welfare, she had a spirit. She wanted to do more. She just didn't know how, right? So like most people want to pursue becoming the best that they can be. <laughs> like most people I found actually want that. Like most people don't want to walk around out of shape, overweight, uh, um, out of breath. Most people don't want to be struggling right now. What do we have? 30 million people file for unemployment over the past eight weeks or so, like most people don't want to, most people want to strive to do their best. The challenge is most people can do much, much better than what they're doing right now. Okay. So when I started on this journey, I had these really crystallized goals. I knew what I wanted to do. What I didn't know was it wouldn't be for free. What do you mean? Well, you can grow and you can have more. Right now, your show is going to blow up. I know, and we were talking about it off air. And <laughs> you've always been this way, though. Since the time I met you, you've just been different. I take that as a compliment. Yeah, and I wish more people were like you. You've just been driven. You've always been this way. And so your show is going to do great, right? Like everything that you want for catapulting commissions is going to happen. It's just not going to be for free. So in order for it to be all that you want it to be, you will experience lots of pain. You will experience um, the loss of revenue. You will experience business partners doing you wrong. You will experience people saying aunt doesn't have the right motives. You will experience people in your family not understanding you. You will experience everything that comes with being highly successful. And what I didn't know is I didn't want the hard. I wanted the blessings, but I didn't want the hardship that came with that. And because of that, I would start to soak or I would moan or I would pull back or more egregiously, I would say, maybe God doesn't want this for me. I would go there. And then when I started realizing was, no, dude, the only way you actually grow is you got to struggle. You have to struggle first, and then the growth precedes that. I always wanted to grow and be like highly successful, but I never wanted the pain that came with it. And so throughout the journey, I just, from all of these things that were happening, from building an organization from zero to like 100,000 people, I started realizing was God will give you what you want. You're just going to have to pay the price. You know, that price you have to pay, Jamil, I think about this as you're saying that, right? You know, we played college football together many moons ago. 
currently on my team, I have people who work for me or work with me, not for me. I hate that work with me that are former collegiate or professional athletes in athletics or just health in general. We're so used to, and you hear it all the time. Oh, feel the burn. I got out of the gym. I feel sore. I feel good. You know, you're like, Oh, if it's burning, it's great. And people like, I feel sore and they feel good. Cause you know, a sore muscle means you worked out correctly. You're growing, but somewhere along that line, you move into business and you don't want to experience that, that pain anymore. And, and that's, as you're describing that to me, that's the analogy that comes to mind. Yes. Is yes. I want to feel sore from doing a bunch of bench presses or crunches because I know it's working. Right. But when I go to put my business, I don't want those soreness. I don't want those hiccups. I want to feel great, but all the time. Here's the thing. I want to reach through the screen and hug you and kiss you right now. Not only did I do that for my business, not only did I do that to grow revenue, but I did that in every other area of my life too. So in my marriage, I want my marriage to grow, but I never want any issues, right? Hmm. I want my net worth to grow, but I never want the stock markets to crash, okay? I want my spirituality to grow, but I never want to be tested by God. I want to grow as a father, but I don't want to deal with the screaming and disciplines that come with it. So it wasn't just a shift in my sales career. It wasn't just my shift in my businesses. It became a shift in my whole life. Like, I need to pursue obstacles. This makes sense. Like, yeah, I need to literally walk through the day looking for hard things. Why? Because I'm so intent on knowing who else is inside of me. Every year I meet another Jamil. I plan to write four books this year. Why? Because I want to know who's inside of me. I want to experience so much pain so that I can have so much growth. Growth always equals pain always. I dig that, man. 100% growth is pain. And I like how you said you're looking for it. For the sales professional or the sales entrepreneur who's listening, as Jamil says that, I think that that's the difference from a entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, right? Everybody wants success. People want that income. But to actually go through it, there's a lot of peaks and valleys. There's a lot of bumps and bruises. And it's better to just anticipate it and deal with it as opposed to allow those to be things you don't let go. So, Jamil, we got a few minutes here left, right? We've talked about you have superpowers, own your damn push-ups, growth equals pain. If you can give us a quick one-minute high level, what is your next favorite or growth mind shift that we have to make here for the Catapulting Commission's family? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my favorite shift in the whole book, it's one I spent the most time about on and I was most passionate about, and that's called Finder 12. And um, Finder 12 has a lot of philosophical meanings. I think that your audience is going to love it, um, especially with being, you know, sales professionals and things like that. But Finder 12 is going to encourage you and challenge you to have an abundance mindset. You know, when I was in sales, I started realizing as I got older that I was allowing other people to set standards for me. So my boss would say, Jamil, your territory should be doing this much and and you need to be at 100% to the growth standards. And I would just try to get right there. (laughs) (laughs) I would just try to get right there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what I started learning was that is what we call a below the line or poverty mindset. That keeps us small. And find your 12 is all about don't let anybody else set their standards for you. You set your own damn standards. 
And I think it's so important for us all to individually have our own mission. What are you here for? What value are you supposed to bring to the world? How are you supposed to make the world better? And as you do that, your vision, your mission, your purpose is so big that you actually don't try to do it on your own. Doing on your own is, again, a poverty mindset. It's something that was taught to me. I had a shift that I'm never, ever, ever going to do it on my own. And I'm never going to have a mindset that's so limiting to where I only try to have one enterprise. Why? Because I'm not touching enough people. I'm not bringing value to enough people. So I give all of these outlines in the book about how to go not only have this mindset, not only to go figure out how to find your 12, not only how to think from a state of abundance all the time, um, but it's beautiful stories um, that will allow anyone to connect with them so that they can now draw it into their business or their sales career and go and do things in a year. (laughs) Well, they can start to do things in a month that it used to take them all year to do. I remember when I would get so excited about, you know, like the end of the year numbers and stuff, or the end of the year salary. And now I think, why the hell would I wait a whole year to do something that I can do in a week or a month? The only way you can do that is to have a find your 12 mentality and go find your 12. Is finding your 12, when you're saying you're not touching enough enterprises, it's, you know, most people live in a singular world. This is what I do. Just as you said, here's my salary. Here's my commission. Here's my income. Is finding your 12 essentially diversifying your passion, diversifying your spreading your wings, multiple sources of income, multiple sources of passion. Is that kind of my understanding of it? It's part of that. Okay. The bigger part is finding what your mission is. What is your mission? Okay. So I I start the chapter really talking about creating a mission that's so big that it literally won't allow you to do it on your own. Can't do it. Mm. The problem is most of us are not taught to do that. Most of us are taught, Jamil, go look after your family. Make sure that you guys are eating good. And go look after your family. Carla and the kids, go make sure that you guys are good. Make sure that your bank account is nice. What we're not taught is, Aunt, go make sure that 100,000 people are eating good and their families are doing well, okay? That's what we're not taught. And like I said, the reason why most people are not doing it is because we allow other people to set the standards for us. I say to my team, hey, you guys, these are the metrics you meet. No, what I'm saying is set your own standards. Why are you here? What value are you supposed to bring to the world? Have that be so big that now you have to expand. And I talk about a story in here to where my cousin came to me. She wanted to learn how to invest and she really wanted to start a business. And I told her, I said, this business, I feel like God has granted you the vision for this business because you're supposed to bring value to people in this way. And I said, instead of, have you ever considered, right now you're talking about opening up one store. Have you ever considered opening up like a hundred? The one store is good. But do you just want to be good? Because how you become great is you learn to serve the many. You learn to bring value to the many. You learn to give opportunities to the many. So if you have one location, that's good. But that's we're only serving like five to 10 people. If you had 100 locations, now we're serving a heck of a lot more people. 
See what I'm saying? Yeah. And so she can run one location by herself, which is okay. It's good. But if her mindset was, why don't I just have 100 locations? She will not be able to do that by herself. She will have to go find her 12, just like Jesus did when he was called and he had this huge mission. The first thing that he realized was, why the hell would I travel around all these places and try to fulfill this mission by myself? The first thing that he did was he went and called his 12. Why? And from 12 broken people, Catching on? Change the world. That's right. Man, that is so much value there. Finding your 12. Jamil, I take that as a challenge to myself, right? How can I serve the many? And I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Most people do think that way. I mean, I'm guilty of it as you're saying it, right? I want to protect my own. And how do I serve the masses? So I like that. Guys, family, Catapulting Commission's family, listen closely. Jamil Frazier, we discussed four shifts from his upcoming book, The 12 Shifts, Your Superpowers for Creating an Invincible Life. Four we discussed, you have superpowers, own your own damn push-ups, growth equals pain, and find your 12. Jamil Fraser is a stud. If you are not following him, you are missing the boat on growth. You're missing the boat on development. You are missing so much value that Jamil gives each and every week to his audience for free. Jamil, how does the Catapulting Commission's family find you? So they can go to our website, thinklifeisdifferent.com. And uh, there's always cool stuff on there. We got a lot of free stuff that's on there as well. And then, of course, um, on Instagram, the real Jamil Frazier. Perfect. And we will have both those links in the show notes. If you're listening to the audio version on your respective platform, Spotify, uh, iTunes, etc., go ahead and click the show notes. If you're watching the video on YouTube, you'll also see the notes below in the comments. Catapulting Commission's family, Jamil Frazier, best-selling author of 12 Shifts, Your Superpowers for Creating an Invincible Life. I'll have a link so you can get that book as well in the show notes. Jamil, thank you for joining the Catapulting Commission's podcast again. It has been a pleasure. You are our first two-time guest, and you're so much value. I mean, we could have kept this conversation going for another hour, with all honesty. I mean, out of respect of time, I had to cut this off. But the good thing is, you're launching four books. So <laughs> as you launch them, we'll bring you back on the show. I appreciate you, and I honor you, and I love everything that you're doing, man. Truly. Thanks, Jamil. Catapult and Commissions family, be sure to click subscribe on the button. I will see you next week. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions. <laughs>